Um, it's been it's been a while since we've done like Star Wars. Um, yeah. Whether that's because we don't we haven't uh, had a good topic for a while, or because um, you know other stuff has been going on with us. Well, um, yeah, and also you know the Mandalorian's kind of over, and there's no movies slated. We got a bunch of slow, uh, shows and apologize but shows slated, but um. <clears throat> man like there's nothing really on the horizon right now right everything is just like in development at the moment yeah uh like like i guess the next logical step maybe for us would be like doing movie reviews but then you'd have to watch attack of the clones again i I don't think you're down for that i can get really really high and then try (laughs) 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 if i'm stoned enough like "Uh, uh, they're rolling around on the beach bro Uh, uh, Oh wait, where's all the beads, bro? It's sand. It's rough. It's coarse, and it gets everywhere. <laughs> Watch the whole video, whole movie for one me. Yeah, well, uh... it's okay. I'll just watch the pod racing scene twice in uh, in uh, Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, that's true. You would get to see, you know, when, but you can watch pod racing whenever you want, right? So. Yeah, I do have a Disney Plus subscription. You're right. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could, we could end up doing the, the movie reviews. I don't know what good it'll do, but, uh, if we need content, right. Yeah. Um, so what I'm thinking obviously is right now we're going to, we're going to have a good, uh, Star Wars discussion. Cause I finally thought of a topic. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm here for it, but literally and figuratively, you know, other than Star Wars, how have you been doing, sir? What have you been up to? Um, uh, I got hired for a temp job at a law firm, and it turned out to be quite a deal of work and several things that I was not anticipating doing. Um, hopefully, I should be finished with that this Friday, an extra week. Um, I wasn't anticipating working there for two weeks, but here we are. Um today i had to run a lot of errands around town and i had to uh just i had to work with a few agents uh in the office that uh i worked the other agent the other office i worked for um so i I wasn't in the all office today but i'm going back tomorrow um just a lot of uh financial stuff and like accounting stuff and uh transitioning because you know i'm just kind of natural i haven't i have like a natural aptitude for tech right it's it's not really it's not really that hard to figure out. And then I on top of that, since it's a law firm, I'm a legal technology special specialist considered in the National Society for Legal Technology or whatever it is. I don't even know if that means anything. <laughs> but I took the extra classes and they said they slapped that certificate onto my uh onto my uh school diploma. So, you know, it's all good. Right. Dude, when I was uh, uh <clears throat> when I obviously when I was doing like business school, like ninety percent of the stuff we talk about and study is like technology and how it affects business and how you need to like have this firm grasp and understanding of it to even run a business like remotely yeah absolutely you know like i went for today for a great example today i went into uh, crumble which is this kind of new like aunt annie's cookie store that's sweeping the nation and there's a reason why it's because their cookies are hella good i went in there to get a cookie because we got gifted a few I was like, oh my god, these are amazing. Are <laughs> so they soft or are they the like cr- crispy? They're they're soft. Good. They're super soft, doughy. They're warm. They they're warm oh. to perfection. 
fantastic. Yeah, yeah uh, look at it. I'll send you a link later. <laughs> yeah, as so sure could tell like... you, like when we used to work together, I'd go to Safeway and I'd just buy cookies and microwave a bunch yeah. of them. I'd eat like Are 20 you... a day. You'd go to fucking, um, when we went to Round Table for the buffet, oh, yeah. you put out the, the cinnamon twist, you would oh, yeah. just tear it into those. Dude, um, that buffet was so uh, good. Yeah, yeah, man, I miss that buffet, honestly. I used to go there to study or to read, and now because of freaking COVID, can't do you shit. can't go to the buffet. <laughs> yeah, I know, it sucks. I... Anyway, uh, yeah. right. um, but anyway, back on the original topic, Crumble, this business. I walk in, it's basically, you, you're supposed to, you walk up to an iPad to order. Yeah, I've and seen those. So, and I'm, and I'm thinking, if you're running a business, you need to. If you're running like this business, you need to have a pretty intricate knowledge of like I, like you know, just familiarity with the iPad and like its many flows and ebbs and quirks and such. Because every, every piece of technology has its own quirks. You just got to get used to. Yeah. Uh, any piece, any PC gamer that is like has tried to mod extensively can tell you that you, it's kind of like low key programming in a way. Um, right. It, it, <clears throat> And so I'm just keep thinking, I walk into every business now, like, you know, they got these fancy, like, slide around, uh, you know, the, the podiums and shit, uh, all that stuff. And, and it just, well, I, it, I'm just thinking people who are 60 plus are just probably being left in the dust right now. And the, Well, <laughs> I just... mean, you look at, like, you know, we always come back to it, but it is relevant. It's like where we used to work. Like, everything we did was mm. so manual. Anal- like Analog, yeah. <clears throat> we... It's so antiquated. Like we to read our gas pumps, we literally went down there and read the meters, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. and and it's the same thing with like everything there. Like we manually counted cash, we manually counted receipts, and it's like you're spending so much money on like the labor hours to do those things that you could free up for other things instead of absolutely. just investing in a POS system that does it all for you. Yeah, that, that's absolutely. And the problem I'm doing, not the problem, but the firm that I'm helping them out with is that they transition to a legal practice management software. Uh, I can't disclose much more of like the specifics, but um, there is just a little bit of a miscommunication in how tech, how much tech was you be utilized over the old school strategies that they had been going with in that office for such a long time. And everyone, but another. Uh, there was a serious issue in that transition and it seriously impacted the business in a real way that I'm helping them resolve now, you know, just that transition from that old school receipt and check uh, checkbook to the online, the, <clears throat> an online point of service system, which is just much more efficient. It, when right. it just comes to writing checks and transferring money, you know, well, just everything it, like it, r- running reports, like you have to know yeah. how, like how you've done at certain times, like, like everything you do in like a corporate world is like comparing last year's sales to this year's sales and seeing how things were done last year. Like how how many you know uh, uh, trees did we sell on this day or whatever you know like whatever it is whatever you sell right like it's super important to know because like <clears throat> not to get too much into the weeds but it's like how do you know how much of something to order if you don't know how much you're gonna sell and how do you know how much you're gonna yeah. sell if you don't have reports showing how much you've sold in the past right like yeah exactly uh like there's a, a problem i'm dealing with uh is just knowing which clients uh have a specific amount in their accounts because that's really important when we charge them and do work for them where that's earned money that we withdraw from their accounts and the problem is, is that information wasn't kept where it should be and it was through the old school system and that makes it really difficult unless you're the person who is doing it from the very beginning and i'm not just talking about the i'm talking about like the beginning of the business 
uh, this with this analog business stuff, it, it's it's really difficult for another person to jump in unless they're directly shown how to do everything because everybody has their own specific way of doing it. Right. And I think that's another good reason about technology, just conformity of operation uh, when it comes to essential things like internal accounting. Yeah, and it's so it's important to like learn everything because like something yeah. as simple as one box being clicked can be a huge issue. Like, it's you know, yeah. especially again, like where we used to work, like if you click the auto pay box on accident and people's money comes out of their account without their authorization, that's just, that's just a lawsuit waiting to happen or something, right? Like, yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. So it's just one it's of those crazy. things. It's important. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's the modern age, you know, and those people just got to honestly, at this point, like at first I was like, it's okay. You know, you guys got a software and I grew up with the internet so I can explain it to you guys. Like, you know, you're, you're just now getting introduced to it. But now with some people like computers have become a common household staple for, for a vast majority of middle-class income income earners. And especially like school libraries and everything is chock flow. I remember and I went to a public school. They would roll like in, in a pretty like, you know, kind of bum fuck uh, ass end of nowhere school district. I'm 100% honest with you. And it's we even then we just had people donating laptops all the time, like just used ones that were flooding the system, you know. And so it's it's got to get to a point where people just need to realize that this is here. This kind of stuff is here to stay. And you got to. You got to learn at least the basics. Right. At this point, just, it absolutely is. like, Yeah. Um, and, and if you're not and you're saying, well, I just hate change, then you're just in, fuck, I, I can't you're help you. are just a boomer, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, no, exactly. I mean, you, can, you can't even go to, like, <clears throat> anybody who has kids, like, you can't even go through school anymore without a computer. Like, well, Yeah. You know, it's all done through Zoom and shit. He, well, even even before that, like, you know, it used to be when you're in middle school or whatever, right, you, you write all your papers by hand. And then in high school, they wanted everything typed out and written. And, like, dude, it's like, yeah. if you're going to spend four hours writing a paper, I'm sorry, you're not going to do that in the library. See, I, I lucked out. I think, how old, how, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you again? I'm 27. Like, I just right. turned 27. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're two years older than I am. So uh, luckily for me, we switched over to typing in middle school because it, it was just we just realized that how important it was. And um, so we got a little computer, one little computer lab that the homerooms would rotate through and, you know, to like make power, make a PowerPoint presentation for this, which is actually a really valuable skill, honestly, right. to be, be learned just making PowerPoint presentations for like a history class, for example, super useful shit. Um, and, you know, if I can learn it, anybody can learn it. That's the one thing. This stuff isn't really that complicated. It's just as easy as clicking a button. <laughs> like that's, it's, it's, right. it's, it's so strange to me. Some people act like they're going to do something in PowerPoint that's going to bork the whole computer. <laughs> well, a lot of people don't even yeah. understand like what the internet is or how it works, you know, or like, yeah. uh, <clears throat> you know, like, Oh, why can't I just do this? Or what? Like, so my, my grandpa was like asking me about a hotspot, which is like good. Cause like, he's obviously interested in learning and like trying to like find solutions yeah. to his oh, issues. Yeah. Uh, but he's like asking Wait, me about the like, grandpa, the grandpa yeah, yeah, I know. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like asking me about hotspot and I was like, yeah, but like you still have to pay for that. <laughs> like yeah. you, it comes out. Well, if you, you have unlimited uh no if he has unlimited talk text and data oh he, no 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 he it. no he he has a very oh. basic phone uh cell phone okay. but oh. <laughs> Does he uh, have a flip phone? well because you know he, he lives pretty much on an island like almost and like yeah. they they can only get at&t there uh yeah. and it sucks like they get barely get any signal so he's asking me about like 
like getting like a Verizon hotspot or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, you can, yeah. but you, you do have to pay to like preload them. I mean, yeah. but, but also like the good ones are really expensive too. Yeah. To get, so. to basically get set, he's basically asking for satellite internet coverage and that's like expensive shit. It just is. Yeah. It's like $200 or something like, which yeah. dude, I, I thought about of... doing that for here. Cause here, dude, I, I can only get AT&T on the fucking smallest, lowest plan they have. It's fucking trash. Um, what else? So did you want to get on to the main topic after our breaks <clears throat> with the day? Yeah, our my break with basically, hey, you know, did you ever get called in to cover phones and then help uh, damage control over? Dude, I felt like that was my last job. Like, the, not my last job, but when we worked together, that was my job. Like, yeah. they're like, hey, you want to come help me write up a form? Oh, by the way, yeah. now you work in the office. Like, Yeah, now you do all this shit. <laughs> uh but yeah dude yeah i haven't been able to go to the gym this week because uh we've been like moving and stuff and um i don't know what happened i don't know if it was from the gym or from like picking up a bunch of boxes and shit but i fucked up my back so so bad like i I, like i I tried to get out of bed to pee last night and like i couldn't even get out of bed like i couldn't even stand up so that's crazy uh i don't know what happened but it's like better today uh, like I haven't had yeah. any issues with it today. Like it hurts when I move and stuff, but when I'm just like yeah. chill, it doesn't. But like last night, it would like throb, and like anytime I'd like move a little bit, like it, it fucking hurt, dude. So I'm um, gonna bring you some edibles or something, dude. No, like that'll help. Uh, I don't even take Advil or Tylenol, dude. Like I, I don't take medication, so so I neither do I. I, I avoid almost all anti-inflammatories, but I smoke <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Just continuing a proud tradition, all right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we're we're moving. So eventually, I'll be in a new place, but um, it'll be a couple weeks. So, uh, but yeah, okay. Hopefully, Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars. Um, Here we are. Yeah. So today, the only thing I really thought of, the only like really good topic, um, is obviously the first thing like you your first uh encounter with star wars is always a long time ago in a galaxy far far away and you yeah. know people obviously like, quote it right but like no one really discusses it or like what it means or or um how they interpret it right um and george lucas has his own interpretation as well which i find pretty interesting uh, but i think that's again the beauty of art and in cinema and everything else is like we can all view it differently through our own prisms right um and so for george lucas he was saying like it's meant to be like a time out of time right like it can be you know it's not necessarily uh the the past from our point of view right like it's not necessarily a long time ago in our timeline it can be any timeline anywhere not necessarily in our world not necessarily in our idea of our universes and galaxies and everything else right like it can just be you know anything which is great right that you know it's always better to open your horizons than shut everything and say you know it's 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 definitely you know for you know took place in like negative 6000 bc uh in a different galaxy like yeah so um 
but but isn't doesn't that help also make it like timeless right like you know it can be like 10 million years from now and it could still be a long time ago in a galaxy far far away right yeah um so what what is that meant like for you have you ever given that um like pre-scroll like any real thought or is it just part of star wars yeah for me when i was younger i was a lot more practical it's weird uh some people become less uh, i was a lot more practical when i was a kid i think that's the best way to describe it so i really take things as they are presented to me and i was just thinking this is the introduction to the story it took place in another you know another galaxy far far away it, it i just interpreted it as is you know it to be placing star wars in any sort of canonical timeline with her own is just very to me that's taking basically taking fan fiction way too easy. <laughs> I, 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 I think that the only strange thing I ever found about Star Wars is that it, the humans were never properly explained where they came from in any and at any point I think during the lore. Uh, aside from that, you know they don't have a home world, but the Wookiees have a home world. But every other race has its own home world. But the humans are just kind of everywhere all the time. You know, do people say Corellia, but. But they didn't originate um, from Corellia, right? Like, yeah. Some people <laughs> no. Some people. Some people say they did. I know some other people say they're from the wild tribes that are on Dantooine and like you know all this other all this other stuff. But that's just taking it too seriously. I think is probably the best way to put it. Like you know, if you're trying to put time Star Wars in the context of our own timeline, I don't know. I just think that's a little silly personally. But right, it, it's it's. Well, I mean, it's also, it's also kind of like, maybe is it like an arrogance thing or, or whatever to like assume that we're the only humans in the entire universe. Like there, there, there aren't our species anywhere else because there just aren't, there can't be. They could have adopted a man and a woman and that's all you need to make more humans dumped us off somewhere else. Right, or you know? the like uh, the settings for other worlds, like uh, you know, uh, you know, the same as ours in a way, where it it creates this kind of life over hundreds of thousands yeah. of years or whatever. And obviously, <clears throat> if they do exist, right, if there are humans or alien beings uh, on other worlds, they're not going to understand us, right? We all speak a different like there, there's no way they know english right like <laughs> um yeah and, and to you know i i've read a lot about like astrobiology and stuff like that and i just think that if there are aliens like the idea that they'll be similar to us like in any way shape or form i i don't know man i just think that's that's wishful thinking if we think that <clears throat> they would i think that they would almost appear like if like if this is a bit extreme, like I think they would appear almost hellish to us if we almost if we met another species from another world that just had. Do you remember we're we're in a soup of oxygen basically? You know that's what we breathe all the time. Right. And sometimes, and we you know some of us are really good at diving into another soup called the ocean, which is basically just a giant thing of biological soup. Um, you know it, it's those and those elements could be switched out with any other sort of there there's all sorts of crazy life that exists on a micro scale that feeds off of everything you know viruses are a thing they're just another form of life that is essentially in competition with us for stewardship over this world as far as i'm concerned uh you know and it's 
I just don't think they. I just think that other aliens probably look weird as hell to us. <laughs> like that's like to say. Yeah, I like, mean, I, uh, imagine right, like seeing certain animals for the first time. You know, it's like yeah. you know when the platypus. Nobody thought it was real. Everyone thought it was a fucking joke. Well, I mean, even like some of the creatures of the deep and shit we see, right? Like, oh yeah, um, angelfish. Yeah, dude, fucking. There's some creepy ass motherfuckers down there. I saw a funny meme about this. It was like how the giraffe, how a giraffe is more believable than a unicorn. Like, what's more believable, a fucking uh, a horse with a horn, or like a a ten foot a uh, neck long, long moose camel thing? Yeah, <laughs> it's just. <clears throat> Uh, it's crazy shit it really is you know and any one of those things could be a competition for uh basically stewardship over another planet and um i think it was octopi that if humans were ever wiped out and then you give you know evolution a few gajillion years to do its thing they were slated to be the next probably inheritors birth as in that they would start developing probably like collect societies and such well, it's um, difficult, right? Because you need, like, uh, some kind of consciousness or, like, uh, problem-solving, well, hyper-awareness, like, whatever. It, like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what it is because, like, obviously, relatively, animals have those things. Uh, yeah. But, like, what are the first like, signs right of, like, intellectual uh, life is, like, culture, uh, which some have and some don't, right? Uh, the, being able to use tools, which some have and some don't. Um creating a language you know like mm. building you know because it's like obviously I think that's the most important thing is the language right uh, i'm very much a fan of noam chomsky on this where basically i believe that our entire society revolves around it. this is the only reason you and i are able to communicate right now you know like the shirt you're wearing has english on it which is a language yeah it, it's great it is really crazy shit they're just basically little vessels we pack our I, emotions and ideas into and then send them off and hope other humans can understand them it, it like you know this entire conversation is ranging around the simple sentence of in a long a long time ago in a galaxy far far away which right. is a relatively simple sentence when it comes to like you know prose about describing another universe um it's uh, it's 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 everything it really is right yeah, language is, is definitely important. I think sometimes we put almost too much importance on words and how they affect mm. us. Uh, you know, like, I'm not going to give any examples, but... <laughs> uh, well, they're definitely the people that are just poor orators, you know, and that's always, that'll yeah. be, always be a problem. But, and people that are definitely hyperactive with the words that are thrown at them, you know, to the ideas that are chucked at them through these, like, basically little bombs. That's what they are. Right. They're bombs, they're bombs that impact your psyche in a very specific way. Um, and inflammatory statements are definitely one of those things. Yeah, yeah. Words do matter. I, I think it's, like, I always think it's weird when people say, like, they're influenced to do something because someone else said something. And I'm just like, dude. Yeah. You have your own, like, you have to take and, responsibility for your own choices, and... Yeah, then that's a problem that, you know, evolves beyond, it goes beyond much more like, you know, the problem of language. That goes to the problem with people who basically want someone else to think for them, and they think they are justified in going about doing these things. Like, there are pe hundreds of people that have done horrific things, and they've had hundreds of re just random justifications for it. And also, in a, in a twisted way, the best villains we the best villains we enjoy are basically heroes that have fallen to the dark side. You know, the, no, but they... dude, J.D. Salinger totally made that guy kill John Lennon. Okay. 
with, with the book. See, I, actually, you know what? I don't think I've ever read Catcher in the Rye. Dude, <clears throat> Catcher on the I heard, Rye. I heard it's awful though. Catcher on <laughs> like, the Rye is a book about a little shit fucking teenager who is angsty and fucking annoying as all hell. Okay, and dude, honestly, I read it when I was in high school. I don't remember most of it, but I remember at the end saying, "What the fuck was the point of this book?" Right? Yeah. Um, like this guy. This guy. Yeah. The, anyone who says, "Yeah, this." Sorry. Just think... Like, I'm just thinking about this, like, you know, I work in law, so I'm thinking about this as a lawyer. Like, that's the insanity defense. Like, that's your most base, desperate defense. That's something, like, a judge usually rolls their eyes at, that there's a psychologist, like, you know, they but you brought in, like, expert testimony or something like that, you know? Like, I guess he's insane, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Go to a mental care facility. Dude, it's, it's crazy shit, like, it really is. But yeah. th- there's a book also I read in high school that I didn't like at the time, but now... I think I think it's kind of profound parts of it. Um, mm. Called the Stranger. I don't know if you ever read that uh, mm. by Albert Camus. Uh, but it's like <clears throat> it's pretty much this guy. Like the first your first experience meeting this guy is like he's at his mother's funeral or whatever, and like he mm. just has like no emotion at all. Like he's just like, yeah, whatever, dude. Fuck it. Like he's like more interested in everything else. And it reminded me of like when I'd go to church as a kid, and I just couldn't wait to eat the free donuts that were there. Like. I didn't give a shit about the rest of it, right? So, oh man, the incense—that's what it was all about, dude. It smells so. Great. Oh yeah, the incense was the incense was fine, but like, I'm like, dude, I get to eat half a donut for free. Like, this, yeah, dude, this is wicked. The like, priest, the priest asks you how you're doing, and then you ask him, "Hey, I found some discrepancies with the Bible." And next thing you know, they don't want you to go back to church anymore. So. Next, <laughs> next thing you know, your pants are on your ankle, and you're like, "What's happening?" Yeah, you're fucking. <laughs> unfortunately that was not my uh, catholic catholic priest i Mm. had a pretty good some pretty good catholic yeah yeah, yeah. i never had any issues with uh with my i got kicked out of catholic school for fighting but though so i'm not really like you know (laughs) yeah Uh, anyway essentially what the story is is like this guy just like he's super apathetic he never has any emotions he's just literally going through life going through the motions like i'm pretty sure at one point he ends up like killing his girlfriend on accident and like it's just like whatevs i'm a criminal now whatever and then he goes to jail and then they're like okay we're gonna give you the death sentence and he's in jail in a jail cell with like a with a priest and the priest starts like talking to him and then all of a sudden now he wants to live life and he's like he's like oh my god like i missed out on on so much like i never felt anything and like like I, I want to feel things, I want to do things, like whatever, and then he ends up getting put to death, right? So, <laughs> uh, which is like, don't you wish that'd be more of like, I don't know, like, isn't that much more profound than something like Catcher in the Rye, where you just have a little shit fucking piece of shit teenager? Read a couple of books, uh, a good handful, a good chunk. I remember the Pig Man. I really, really liked. Uh, it was about basically like, yeah, elder, the elder care, like. Is it was a good book, um, but yeah, you know, since I never read Catcher in the Rye, like I can't commentate on it. But you know, you and everybody else I've talked about said it was just really bad and pointless. And this guy probably just blamed this book because he couldn't come to terms with the fact that he was like probably obsessing over John Lennon. He probably had posters of him all over his room. I don't know anything about this murder. Like, right. I don't know if there's well, a hardcore investigation. But. What what it is to me is like you know applying it to the real world is like. People, a lot of people in America hate the government, right? Mm. But the only people who 
wanted who who went and stormed the actual Capitol are people who would have done it before Donald Trump said any stupid shit, right? Those are all people yeah. that would have done it anyway. Because, like, I, to be fair, dude, I fucking hate the government, but I would never storm a Capitol building. I would never do any yeah. of the shit those people did, right? Like, it's it, it, you know, DC, DC, someplace I've always wanted to visit because it's just there's so much history there. You know, a lot of people say that Americans have no culture, <laughs> but that is absolutely not true. There's tons of culture here if you know where to look, you know. <clears throat> the state capital buildings are always places, or just, especially D.C., like, you know, I loved it when in Sac- we went to Sacramento, we went to the Capitol building, we got to walk around, we got to see all the old documents from, like, mm-hmm. as early as the 1800s. The flower gardens and shit. Yeah, you got to see all this cool shit. Like, you know, people, oh, it's garden. something, it, it's like, yeah, it's good <sighs> stuff. It's people giving a shit and trying to make something look nice and great and fantastic and fill you with a sense of reverence. Essentially, it's a church. That's what it is. But it's a church dedicated to politics, you know, and the moving of state and the moving of statesmen and all that kind of stuff. The the assembly built, you know, the assembly building has all these fancy desks in it all all lined up. So, and, you know, these are where your representative sits to argue about the issues from your county, you know, and if. You ever have an issue that has to do with your government, you go to your representative, you tell them, and you should come to this floor, and you should, like, you know, fight for your rights. And whether or not that has or hasn't worked out properly, (laughs) you know, for everybody, uh, hopefully it will continue to just get better, slowly better and better, you know. Right. Um, But it's just good shit, you know. Yeah, it's the reason I love this country, and it's the reason I really think we've really got something here that's special and probably hasn't ever been seen on planet Earth before. And that's why I think it's really something worth fighting for and keeping. Yeah, that's what is like. That's the thing is like, it's crazy to me that Catcher in the Rye was banned for so long, like as mm-hmm. as reading material for like schools when like one person was influenced by to to kill somebody, and it's like someone who did that was already prone to do something like that, right? Yeah, like, yeah. he was already he was already psycho. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, dude, some anything can set like, dude, we read Native Son. I don't know if you read Native mm. Son, but but in AP12, we read Native Son, which is a story about this like uh, African American kid who ends up like working for this family, uh this like white family. Um one of the first experiences with him is like jacking off in a movie theater watching some porno or something. And then, like, he's working for his family. He ends up, like, killing one of them on accident or something. And then, like, burns her in the fireplace, like, downstairs. And, like, you know, and and the whole book is, like, concerned with, like, communism and all these, like, other issues. And it's like, dude, this is more inflammatory than fucking Catcher in the Rye. That book was just fucking terrible. (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, um, we were, I had a really uh, good middle school teacher in the seventh grade. Um, Me and him were, like, because we both had a lot of John Steinbeck, and he assigned a lot of John Steinbeck for reading, and, you know, uh, Grapes of Wrath. Uh, what was the other one? Fuck. Forgetting the name of a John Steinbeck novel. He's like on my favorite. <laughs> I'll think about it later. Um, you know, Of Mice and Men especially had a really big impact on me about how some people just don't understand how others operate and about miscommunication, about how what this culture can sometimes do to just disassociated men and basically turn them into drifters with no purpose and when the purpose is all around them they just need to grab it but aside from that <clears throat> well i mean um, we well, i don't know did, did you read of mice and men in middle school or in high school in middle school really i read in high school my favorite part about it was it was like 90 pages uh yeah. but <clears throat> i think like even in high school we weren't prepared to deal with like the mental health aspects of that story 
Um, because like, again, it's like one of those things we talk about all the time is like your perspective in life changes, but your perspective in life in general affects the way you see everything. Right. So anytime yeah. you read a book or interact with a, with art or, or watch a movie or whatever, it's, it, you know, you see it through your life experience, through your perspective. And it's like <clears throat> at that age, when you're in middle school or high school, like you, you maybe don't have a full understanding of like mental health and the importance of it. And, um, how Lemmy is like, you know, pretty much mentally retarded, right? Like, yeah. Um, he's just, he's completely disabled. <clears throat> and I feel like it's like a good, like, I, I don't remember reading the book exactly. I just remember it was short and I appreciated that <laughs> because yeah. I didn't like reading much in high school, but he had a lot of good, uh, really good short novels. Where was, uh, uh what was there like discrimination against him in the, in the book? Yeah, they all made fun of him, and they pr- they pulled pranks on him all the time. Okay, you know? yeah, yeah, I think I remember that. But the girl was super nice to him all the time, right? Yep. Which was which was the one he accidentally hugged to death, right? Yeah. Like crushed. No, she, he, yeah, he her neck, crushed her neck. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was like he was like killing neck. bunnies and shit. Yeah. Um, but it's like yeah, like <clears throat> it's good that that wasn't the point in society, like this was beyond the point of society where like you'd kill people like that. Like yeah. Jesus Christ, dude, humans are so fucking fucked up sometimes. It's, it's been, you know, like always, I always say this about our history, you know, it was badass, but it was awful. Fuck. We were so horrible to each other, but at the same time we did a lot of badass shit. Like there used to be just columns of hundreds of knights on horseback, just riding battle with fucking spears. Yeah. <laughs> That's badass. But then they would impale each other with spears, and that's awful. Like, oh, could you imagine killing another human with a sword? Better yet, could you imagine smashing a man like a tin in a tin like in a tin outfit with a hammer? Like that was, it's, it's crazy, crazy. I feel and like I would actually die if I had to do that. Like, <laughs> I don't know, dude. I wouldn't have survived. I was so sick when I was a lot younger. I feel like that has a really big impact on my personalities that I've been uh, when I was. My asthma doesn't really impact me as much as it used to, and it gets better and better as I just exercise more. Um, and uh, when I was a kid, though, like I would be bedridden sometimes for weeks because I just couldn't, I could barely breathe. Like I, I could, like my, I could barely breathe out my nose because I was so impacted with mucus. Like I was throwing up mucus. It was crazy shit. <laughs> you know, it wasn't, it wasn't good. <laughs> Um, and you know, I would get strep throat all the time because my, I had to get my tonsils out and then my top, the, the sutures on the inside of my neck started bleeding basically. So I had to go in for emergency surgery and shit, all kinds of crazy shit. Um, and I also had this, it just, it's just wait, where was it going with that? I forgot. I'll come back. <laughs> what, what, what was the uh, badass that shit, nights and whatnot. And you probably would have doid. <laughs> I would have, I would have died because I was just a, I had a very frail constitution. You know that's one thing. Like there's a lot more smart people today than there were back then, and that's solely because of how our health infrastructure has improved over time. Because a lot of people who are just have serious physical disabilities are able to actually go about and exist in society now without being, you know, dead. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just think like. You know, dude, I, I I feel anxious when I'm, like, running late for anything. Like, if I had to murder someone, dude, like, just like, you know, and it's one of those things where it's like you really appreciate 
uh, fiction and, and fantasy when it comes to things like this is just like the idea of like mm-hmm. how killing like tears your soul apart, right? Like, yeah, uh, that's also one thing that honestly some isn't done well. Uh, there there are instances where, uh, you know, we you and I are both serious fans of Lord of the Rings, but they are constantly mowing down orcs. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's because goblins. Uh, uh, I think orcs and goblins are not seen as like human in a way, right? Where it's like, yeah. it's one of those like modern movie things where it's like we can't, we can't show them absolutely like, murdering a the bunch other. of people, right? Like, yeah, it makes them the it makes them the other, right? Know? Like, which is not to gloat or yeah, that's why like Tolkien tried to like separate himself and separate, um, like because it was an original like or or it was a a theory that like orcs came from elves and shit right and like this was widely spread and then peter jackson put it into the movies uh where urukai are are were once elves and all this shit right but yeah. tolkien tried to uh separate himself from that idea and and try to because if, if they were right then you know then then it calls into question the morality of some of uh the heroes of the books right um, absolutely it does, you know, not, again, not to toot my own horn, but in what I'm attempting to do in my own personal fiction is make something where, like, the killing is really impactful, like what we saw in Aragon, you know, where the brother was, like, killing people, and he, people that he, like, met, like, ten minutes before he was going to kill them, like, he had, you know, he was premeditating the murder, basically, and he was talking to them, and he's like, oh, these are just regular people, and then they turn their back, and he fucking smacks them in the back of the head with a warhammer, and they're dead, just one hit to the back of the skull, you know? And he talks about his character uh, constantly musing about how he keeps track of all the people that he's killed. Like, he never saw himself in this position, which is a, a phenomenal device to use in literary. I think it's extremely compelling for characters because that's one killing another human being is honestly, it's not something a lot of people have a lot of experience with. Right. And there are times like, uh, like, a, like where it feels so odd that people are just dying left and right and you don't feel about it i especially feel about that like in sometimes when i'm playing mmorpgs when i'm just grinding down these characters that are like you know they respawn every 15 seconds but you know they're like other humanoid they're like they're classified as humanoids and shit right it, it's it's just a straight it is a really strange thing to think about to, that these some of these characters that we know and love are actually killers in disguise you know well and that's what like um, I think even George Lucas, in a way, tried to retcon with Star Wars. Is like, hey guys, you know we're we're killing stormtroopers, but I mean, there's that's there's well, clones one, now. Yeah, and if one one thing I can also insist on that happened in the Mandalorian that was very strange was how they were handling the handling the clone troopers. One stance they were humanizing them, the next stance they were just murdering them. You know. And it, right. it just seems like there was no, sh- there was uh, like an Aragon that it seemed to be that there was a hesitation in the killing because he recognized the humanity in them. But in, in Mandalorian, I didn't really pick up on any of that. They were well, I think like <laughs> most of those characters like are kind of walk the gray line. Killers. Like, yeah. they, like Mandalorian. Especially you are right. That is a good example. Yeah. Um, like, the, yeah, I think those are like born and bred killers. <laughs> In a way, yeah. um, it's weird to think about them though because they're the heroes, you know, we're rooting for them. That's why, like, yeah. I, I appreciate uh, Faramir as a character so much in the books, uh, not so much mm-hmm. in the movies. Yeah, they, they did a little bit to, to save his character in Return of the King, but um, in the book, he's just like this really, like, 
good guy, like, and, um, you know, he talks about how he, <clears throat> he doesn't love swords, he doesn't love arrows, he doesn't love war, he doesn't love any of that stuff, right, which, you know, Boromir, obviously, his brother is the reverse, Boromir loved fighting, Boromir loved war, he loved, like, the glory of war, right, but... Yep. Faramir only loves his city and his people and defending what he believes in, right? Like, he he only fights to protect his city and his people. And, like, there's a beauty to that, that the movies just are like, ah, fuck it, dude. He let, Let's make sure he beats up Gollum for no reason and uh, is rude and cruel and uh, then eventually comes to the right decision because whatever, right? Like, yeah. Not even beat up Gollum, but he was, like, I again, I haven't read the books in a while. I mean, I've actually slated them for a reread at the end of this quarter, so maybe we can uh, get together on that and we can read it. But you know, in the in the movies, I heard that him saying that he was going to kill Gollum if Frodo didn't comply, capitulate, was actually extremely out of character for him. Like the the, the Rangers of Gondor would never like you know willingly murder another creature that hasn't actively shown hostility to them or something like that. It, it's been a long time though. <laughs> right uh yeah dude it's like it's just what the fuck it's just weird to me like uh, and and i understand uh like a lot of the changes that were made for the for the movies um mm-hmm. but faramir's to me is kind of egregious uh and like everything about faramir can be summed up in this quote where he says i do not love the bright sword for its sharpness nor the arrow for its swift swiftness nor the warrior for his glory i love only that which they defend right there you go um, and then, you know, one of the first things he ever says to Frodo is, is, you know, he knows he's hiding something. He knows he's carrying something. And he says, he says, no matter what you have, I wouldn't pick it up if it laid on the side of the highway. Mm. Like he straight up tells him right away. And then like Frodo thinks later on, like he, he's lying to him and he just reiterates. He's like, dude, I told you, I don't want, I don't care. I don't care what you have. I don't want it, <laughs> you know? Um, so it's it's just I think one of those Hollywood try to make it more dramatic and interesting things, where really like, yeah, I mean you know Legolas did uh, you know slide down uh, the stairs on a shield while shooting but while shooting his bow. Yeah, but that was fucking and, cool. Uh, okay. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Christian. Whatever. <laughs> or dude, you know I'll, I'll I'll forgive it because Orlando. I thought Orlando Bloom was an amazing elf. Like the, just the dramatic over dramatic looks he was getting. Yeah, 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 dude. <laughs> I, I had I had the toy of that Legolas and the shield actually had like wheels on it so you could like roll them along the shield. It was funny. That's why you think it's badass. You're biased. You had this toy to play with. For Dude, so I thought long. I was badass before I had the toy though. It, it's just cool. Like he he just slides down the fucking shield, shooting people, and then it slips out of under his feet, chops a dude right in the head. Like he's just fucking people up. Yeah. Um. Now we're talking about Tolkien. We were originally talking about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like it's it's one of those weird things, like where, um, okay, so, well, we were talking about a long time ago in Galaxy Far, Far Away. We've moved way yeah. off of that. So, uh, yeah. where we are now is killing people and uh, how George Lucas tried to make it seem like the heroes are still heroes because they're not killing actual people; they're killing clones, right? But there's it's one of those things where the like lore and fan opinion uh 
surrounding Star Wars is almost bigger than what we're told in Star Wars, right? We're told stormtroopers have incredible aim and nobody can aim like stormtroopers. But we as viewers, you know, part of our Star Wars lore is stormtroopers can't aim for shit, right? Yeah, they're always missing. Um, and it's the same thing as like with, with stormtroopers in general. Is like George Lucas never came out and said, well, they were clones, and then eventually the Empire started, like, you know, they ran out of clones, and they started, like, taking people or whatever, like, until the sequels, which confirmed that. But George Lucas never said that. We are just like, well, obviously the clones died eventually, and so now they're people, right? Um, mm. <clears throat> so I think George Lucas wanted us to believe that they were still clones when our heroes are mowing them down, right? Uh, yep. Which is probably why he used droids in the prequels is like we don't care about a bunch of battle droids and shit right yeah, <laughs> captain that's, that's one thing that honestly worked it, it really did yeah like, you know you can blow up fucking droids all day and it's it's fun to watch them all up and man they just had such great character <laughs> roger roger <laughs> captain hot sauce says that, forever remember darth jar jar will live on forever dude oh, christian your, your favorite theory <laughs> darth jar jar is not a good theory but you know what i respect people for being creative and i respect people who uh want to look more into fiction and and come up with their own ideas and their own uh uh theories on what will happen next and stuff like i think a lot of people enjoy that and have fun with it uh i just think dark jar jar is not a good one but for people who 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 want it to be there it's there right is there I think I think Captain Hot Sauce wants you to agree with him and and tell him that you are a fan of Darth Jar Jar. Captain Hot Sauce will always know that I am eternally walking the fence post forever and ever. Ever since I walked in between that that argument, you guys, that discussion, no, you guys, it, getting to. For he, Infinity he doesn't. War. He doesn't like fence fence walkers. He he yeah, will, he, he calls them pussies and tells them that they need to have a strong opinion and stick with it. Okay. That's the good thing about being a fence walker and also give, being a person who genuinely doesn't give a fuck what other people think about him. So I'm good to go. <laughs> <You know>? uh, <laughs> so I just, yeah, just remember when in the parking lot, I was like, you know what? You guys both have great ideas about Infinity or <laughs> what's happening. Dude, I forgot about uh, that for a while. And I, when I remembered it, dude, I was like, dude, why was I such a fucking asshole? Like, <laughs> you guys are both, uh, no, it wasn't. It, it wasn't him. Like it, it was a hundred percent me. Like, and I, whatever, like, uh, anger he had was like justified because I, I definitely triggered that. Like, you know, you know what, guys, you, you hear me preaching about how open we should all be about our perspectives and interpretations of things, but I was not uh, at certain points in times. You know, it's like, I try. I, I thought there was like, you know, or, you know, you have your opinion, but there's also objective ways of analyzing things. But it's like, dude, who fucking cares, right? Yeah. When it comes to creative fiction, you know, when it comes to like reality and physics and shit, that's a little bit more complicated. But um, <clears throat> that's a really big topic. <laughs> yeah. Discussion. Dude, I I called hot sauce like three months ago, and I was like, dude, remember that shit? I'm sorry, I was such a fucking asshole. He's like, dude, I don't, I don't even, whatever, whatever. <laughs> You know, but it's like, I still feel bad. So, um, you know what, guys? It's never too late to apologize in the words of uh, One Republic and Timbaland. Is that the, <laughs> is, is that the group? I, I have no Oh, idea. no, no. They said I... it is too late to apologize. God damn it. Well, you know what? Fuck I... those guys. 
I don't follow politics, man. I can't. I couldn't tell you. It's a song. Oh well, it sounds too political for me already. So <laughs> what? It's too late to apologize. Oh, you know what? I think I need to know what you're talking about now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember too. Uh, Hot Sauce and I lived together for a while, and he—he—that was like the one song he learned on piano, and he played all the time. So, it's all coming back. That was a good one. Yeah. There you go. <clears throat> so um, <what> else? <laughs> well, I guess like in general, right? The next—the next steps for us are like finding good Star Wars topics that we hopefully mm. haven't run out of yet. Um, because obviously there are infinite topics, but we don't find them all interesting. Um, or just like doing movie reviews. Uh, but I don't know how interesting could, that uh, is for people either, right? Like we could, review the, uh, we could review the 2003 Clone Wars series and tell everybody why they need to drop what they're doing and watch it right now and why yeah. probably, probably second, probably the second or third best piece of Star Wars content there is to consume. Yeah, it really just scratched that kid itch, man. Of just the oh man, look at that, look at that, Fisto, he's jumping off the fucking bridge. Ah, he's swimming. Kid Fisto is so cool. Um, so cool, especially in that episode specifically. He's like just jetting around with the force or something like. Like he's all right. He can I'm... swim so fast. He's piercing through fucking like <laughs> torpedoes. And, and just seeing a lightsaber activated underwater is like that's fucking cool, you know. Um. Yep. So, I mean, there's books, there's comic books, obviously, like, High Republic just started, but I haven't even started reading it yet, All, but I can tell you, I did get my book, um, Light of the Jedi, the first full novel from the High Republic, uh, it's, the book itself is fucking beautiful, the, the artwork, the covers, the, everything, it, it, it's really nice, um, I don't have it with me, I already moved it. How's but. it, how's it, how's it read, though, like, how's it, how's the prose? I haven't <laughs> read it, I haven't read any of it yet, um. <laughs> Uh, it's written by Charles Charles Soul, um, who I only know from comic books, and so I don't know if comic book writing, is, you know, I, I don't think it's that similar to actual prose because yeah, most we'll of see. the prose is drawn. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, it also, you know, the difference between co- obviously the clear difference is that the comic book writer does not have to describe in detail the things the reader is supposed to be seeing. Right. You know, they're, right they're, they're right there uh some of the dialogues were fantastic you know maybe if he could uh maybe hired like a, a writing assistant who's a little bit better with environmental descriptions uh and then he could he manage all the dialogue well so. yeah i mean and who knows what the relationship is between him and the the uh, artist teams or whatever on the comics he's worked on maybe he's directed them on their story paneling and everything um and he's constructed yep. it all and whatever we don't we don't know uh, but I think he, you know, from what I've read, cause he's also worked on Darth Vader for a while in comics. Um, and most of that stuff is very good. Um, I enjoyed the work he did on Inhuman and on, um, Daredevil, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and Daredevil is an interesting one because, you know, he's creating this newer story for Daredevil in a way, uh, when he was working on it and, uh, a lot of it was very kind of interesting, um, but Charles Soul tends to have Charles Soul tends to have like a darker take on things. Uh, so mm. it'll be interesting to see what he does with Light of the Jedi. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but I also know so like it was good. 
it's 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 higher public, so you know yeah. there'll, there'll be some good opportunity there to write some fucked up shit. Um, yeah, well, intrigue, some of the first stuff. comics are out as well. Um, we get our first uh like glimpse at young Yoda. Excuse me, and uh, he's like obviously kind of cocky and people people young Yoda man. Uh. <clears throat> People said he has big stick energy, which I think is a PC way of saying big dick energy. Uh, is he like, wait, I just got to ask because he's like 874 years old. So is he like, how, how, how much time difference is there? Like, is he like, did he learn how to grow up in the last 20 years with his 800 year lifespan? Dude, I think it's oh, weird man. that baby Yoda is 50. That's weird to me. Okay. Um, so if you can be a baby for 50 years, I imagine... This Yoda, if he's in his prime, he's got to be like four or five hundred years old, right? Yeah. Um, so this is three hundred years before the last. I'm not exactly the... sure. Um, let me see. I'll Google it. Google knows everything. How... See, I'm just watching. Sorry, not to be like distracted from what we're talking about because I am engaged in this conversation. But I'm just watching a, a clip from when Darth Gre- uh, General Grievous is dueling with um, uh, Count Dooku in the 2003 Clone Wars series. And this animation is, is like, the sword fighting is just fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In uh, the 2003 one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, it's only 200 years before. He's only 700. Prime Yoda is 700 years old? So wait, he learned all the important stuff in the last 100 years? Oh, God. It was an enlightening, uh, uh, enlightening last part of his life. I, I'm starting to think maybe they didn't really think about the whole thing in, as a one whole Star Wars. Maybe. Yeah, what do we make in the High Republic? Oh, uh, you know, you could take characters from you know well even in so, uh even in phantom menace you kind of see like his arrogance right like he he's almost a different character from phantom menace to uh, attack of the clones and not just because they replaced his puppet with a cgi yoda uh, <laughs> but like you know when when he talks about um right like you know obviously he's talking to obi-wan he's like the council does not want you to train the boy, but you whatever you you can train him, right? Uh, yep. And then in the next one, like you know, you have Yoda talking about how uh, young Jedi are arrogant, but even older, more wise ones are arrogant. And he's obviously talking about himself, and he's like obviously realized something there, right? Um, and it's like Yoda's like this super wise old sage wizard, uh, but but, then... <laughs> but he's but he's Dang. also not. <laughs> push that log over there was a little stick and i was like oh, that log. <laughs> sorry if you never watched that before uh seagulls stop it now oh that, yeah, that yeah. Well? <laughs> that, that, sorry it was really fucking Dude. hilarious shit it's like yoda is like this incredibly wise jedi but he has no self-awareness <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, and it, it's so strange that like he's he fits that role really well and i think people would want to see him in that role more but for some reason everyone thinks we want to see this edgy young yoda i don't want to fucking see that if i'm honest do you yeah, want to see that no. like, 
Well, yeah, it's just like why? What's why ruin the character? Why, why take the chance? They haven't ruined it yet because obviously, you know, it's, it's still very much in development. But like, why have the chance, potential chance of having some guy who writes Doctor stuff come in and write this edgy anti-villain Yoda? <laughs> I don't know, man. Just, I'm a little worried. Not gonna right. lie. Yeah, the, the the thing is right. There's some good news, and Star Star Wars Disney has an opportunity to to do the right thing here, because Liam Neeson has expressed interest in returning as Qui Gon Jinn. Qui Gon Jinn, yes. For Obi Wan yes. Kenobi, and dude, well, we we talked about this. Don't we want to know how how they become Force ghosts? And can you imagine scenes with Liam Neeson? And the gentleman who plays Obi Wan Kenobi, and I Ewan can't McGregor. remember his name, Ewan McGregor. That's it. And he was fantastic. He's a fantastic actor, especially if you've ever watched Moulin Rouge. That movie was just phenomenal. Like it's just the the range of shit he can do, right? And he was it. Scenes of Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor just having forced discussion, like deep, intense discussions about the nature of the Force over a fire, dude. Well. Well, yeah, that is well, something I desperately need in my life, <laughs> dude. Not only that, it's like, give us the lore we want, right? Give us the understanding not only of, you know, yeah. Yoda give teaching Obi Wan how to communicate with Qui Gon, but Qui Gon communicating how to become one with the Force and how to come back as a as a ghost. Definitely, and Qui Gon Jinn was very diff- very much a character we were deprived of, you know, because he was taken out of the game in Phantom Menace, and. I think while some people disagree, I think that was actually really well done as yeah, well as yeah, yeah. how how the original show. I really think it like led weight to Obi Wan Kenobi stepping up and like slicing Darth Maul. <laughs> well, in the dynamic uh, between Qui Gon yeah. and and Obi Wan was one of the best parts about the Phantom Menace, and uh, you know you you kind of see you know we we didn't get a, a whole lot of Qui Gon Jinn, but what we got was really good, and you understand mm-hmm. that despite maybe seeming cold or or. Um, maybe a little distant at times from Obi Wan. Like he was a really good mentor. Like, and yep. and he knew how to handle, uh, you know, a young apprentice who was eager to learn, but also, you know, quite, uh, uh, you know, by the books, by the rules, kind of uh, new recruit. <laughs> um, yeah, even disagree with Qui. I didn't he disagree with Qui Gon Jinn on like how he interacted with the council. I believe that they had some discussions about. Yeah, that, yeah, he I, he I he believed he he was in agreement with the council that Anakin was too old and shouldn't be trained. Mm. Um, which makes it even better when he ends up having to be the one to train him. Right? It's like, yeah, you know, he went against his better instincts and trained oh Anakin because of Qui Gon because he loved Qui Gon and, and that was his like dying wish. And not only that, but like he he became like a brother, like a father almost to him. And um, yeah, it, like this is the thing. This is the thing I always find out whenever I talk about like the prequels or or for an extended period of time is like when you talk about them conceptually and story wise, they're actually fucking brilliant. Mm. But yeah. the execution. <laughs> yeah. The ex- and two, the only problem with execution really fell through in episode two when there to me there were just a lot of really shaky dialogue and a lot of scenes that could have been done a lot better in different situations. 
you know, definitely, I definitely don't disagree that the idea of this, basically this young monk virgin with this hot princess around him all the time, wearing her hot Naboo clothes on the, in the palace retreat on the beach, you know, that would, there would have been some great scenes there and they could have utilized, but they just didn't. They had some just really, really intensely awkward stuff that was so socially awkward it made me awkward and i just don't think awkwardity is something the audience was to have passed on to it you know? yeah you shouldn't be squirming it's... in your seat watching the movie right like and yeah. that's almost kind of what happens and and if you guys don't know uh chair and i actually talked at length about how bad star wars relationships are on a previous podcast we didn't yeah. stream it uh, but the audio file is available anywhere you find podcasts. Just look up Across the Stars. And we talk about how bad Star Wars relationships are. And, and dude, I, I, we talked about tropes and certain things with, you know, certain characters or whatever uh, through fiction and, and whatnot. And, what <laughs> like, it just brings me back to that, like, now thinking, like, George Lucas just doesn't understand how to write a good love story, right? Like... Yeah, he just, I just don't think he's, I also just don't think he's the most competent of script writers. <laughs> I just think, yeah, his, this dude who, I mean, just look at him, just look at him, and you want to, you know, let's look his, his ability to direct is, is very underrated, but his ability yes. to write, uh, doesn't always hit the mark, um. Okay, guys. Anakin's uh, there's gonna be scene, and we're gonna they're gonna be in love. You know, they're gonna be doing some really young romance stuff. That's what young people do. You know, they grab each other and they roll around awkwardly on the ground. You know, and then they start. You know, and since they're teenagers, they're gonna you know they're gonna talk about politics, and one of them is gonna basically gonna talk like Hitler. All right. It's funny right. because it's like <laughs> that's basically maybe we're all wrong. Like it, maybe it's just because it makes it doesn't make good watching, right? Like the awkwardness and cringeness yeah. of their interactions. But like to be honest, yeah. we're all pretty fucking cringe when we're teenagers flirting, right? Like we're like absolutely we're all super awkward and like weird and, I, and say some. This is Chris, Chris, Chris. This is when it comes in. This is a movie. I don't go to relive those horrific times that I went through my awkward teenage years when I didn't know how to talk to a girl. Yeah, dude. <laughs> what do you know? You want to like? You want to like make out or, or something? You know, <laughs> like is it okay if I touch your thigh? Like, um. <laughs> See, I wasn't a good no, teenager. No, I don't want to be there again. I didn't. I didn't ask those things. Usually, I just let the oh, the lady lead, and then I'd uh, follow up. So, there you go. Uh, but no, I wrote some really bad songs that that seemed like something Anakin would write. Um, you know, lyrically. In my crawl. <laughs> uh, just you know, like, just some stupid shit, man. Oh fuck. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of just. It's it's like a weird thing where it's like. Young people who watch that probably are like, dude, this is so romantic. I wish I could talk to a girl like this. Like, she would totally I love wish me I could... <laughs> if I said, you know, I'm haunted by the kiss you should have never given me. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> like, we're just like, oh, my shit. Listening to Anakin talk about how the government should be changed by force and people that don't like it should be made to like it. It really reflects what I'm feeling on the inside. <laughs> I think I think Anakin and AOC would get along, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I think they would. Hey, you know, hey. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just like anyway. 
Star Wars, uh, Star Wars is great, and uh, Attack of the Clones is the worst of them. And uh, the best Star Wars movie we can all agree is Empire Strikes Back, and that was a movie where uh, another man, I believe, if I understand it correctly, had full control of the script, and I'm pretty sure he just told Lucas, like, hey, oh, yes. I'm writing this script, like, I'm taking your... <laughs> like, it's just, I love you. I So, Lucas, what would be the response to that? Uh, yes, I love you too. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, that doesn't make any sense. How would... How would you know? No, George, baby. <laughs> George, I know you created Han Solo, but you don't seem to understand <laughs> Han Solo. Like Han Solo yeah, would not say that. He's a woman. <laughs> Han yeah. Solo, legit, based on your writing from the first film, George, is a piece of shit. And how do we get that across to audiences? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just like the most douchebag response I can think of. And then, and then, here's what happened, right? George Lucas is like, you know what, Lawrence Kasdan, I, I, I just don't agree. I, I think, I think we should make it more like Han Solo, like loves Princess Leia, and, and he's like, all right, all right, George, I'll make you a deal. In the next movie, he's gonna say I love you to her, and then she's gonna say, I know, before she shoots a stormtrooper who's definitely a clone and not a real person. There you go. Hey, yeah, these uh, Ewoks may or may not have eaten these clones as well, but don't worry, they're they're stormtroopers. Their existence is worth nothing. Don't worry about them at all. Yeah. You notice that they were in a forest and there were no animals around except little mm. little Ewoks, uh, but they somehow lured out Chewbacca with some animal meat. Oh Jesus Christ! Oh God! I, I think it's uh, pretty. Chewbacca. I think it's pretty fair to assume that the Ewoks... Eat people. Well, the eat Ewoks people. definitely eat people, right? Where because, did they get that dress for Leia? That's the real question. Yeah, they took it off. So, dude, they, they were going to fucking... The lady and they ate her. They were going to roast Han and Luke like a pig. They were going to put them <laughs> on the fucking turning spigot and roast them. Like, what, what do you think they do after yeah, they, that? They, do you think they were gonna try and roast uh, C-3PO next and like like fry his circuits and then they fucking stupid little bears would like died because they would electrocuted themselves because they were trying to eat this? <laughs> no, no, I think I think they thought I think they genuinely already thought he was kind of a god, like they were very impressed mm. by his gold color, uh, so much so that they were ch- chanting "Gold Guy," um, mm. <clears throat> you know, and these these little these little fuckers can't even speak English, but they know "Gold Guy," so. Um, I, th- I think they were uh, they were already mightily impressed with him before Luke made him fly. Um, like, and this is one of those things, right? This is another thing is like we're just inferring all of this. Like, none of this is confirmed or in the movies, but it's yeah. like obviously if these weren't Star Wars movies, they probably would have stole all their clothes before they tried to roast them like pigs, right? So then they would have just put yeah. put the next pretty lady in some uh, Han Solo clothing or something. Um, yeah. I, I do appreciate though, like some of this like cultural stuff happening where you have C-3PO telling stories to the Ewoks, right? Like about the legend of Luke Skywalker already. Right. And yeah, it was a great scene too. Like, you know, you had like a, a variety of Ewoks, especially I remember, always remember that Ewok with the pipe, just mm-hmm. listening and stroking his beard as C-3PO describes the story, you know, and the kids hiding like phenomenal scene, probably one of the best of return of the Jedi, which 
you and I both agree, has some issues. Uh, it definitely felt like a conclusion, not its own movie. But, you there, know. <laughs> there are people who think that it's the best Star Wars movie, though. Um, uh, more power okay. to those people. Those people. It's um, the United States. It's a free country, and if it's not, well, you're you're entitled to your opinion because I'm an American, and I fucking believe in your opinion. That I have your in your opinion. So yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Even if we don't agree <sighs> with it. Yep. Um. But yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things, um, where it's just like <clears throat> when you think about history and storytelling, and then um. That, that's one of the things I enjoyed the most about uh, The Force Awakens is, you know, it's a Star Wars story about Star Wars stories. Like, these legends exist yep. in the real world. Like, it, it, it'd be like us meeting someone who knew fucking, uh, I don't know, who's a big, uh, JFK or something, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know, like, what, what recorded or history. even now, but. just like like meeting Eli, you know, Elon, Elon Musk, I think has done a lot of really cool shit for just the culture in general. Like, you know, the great human project moving forward, especially when it comes to just general aviation and rocketry. Um, and you know, the electric car market, especially, I think he showed that we, Hey, we can make an electric car that's here to stay. It's not just a fad like it was back in the early nineties. Um, I mean, he's the richest man on earth now. So there's that, you know, you know, that's, I don't know, man, it's, uh, that's always seemed like a stupid number, stupid points game to me. You know, I really care about what human beings have like done for the great human society at large. And right. He's done quite a bit, you know, the PayPal for all security issues. PayPal is still a great way for small businesses to, you know, get a head up on a pretty easy to use invoicing system. Right. Um, so, you know, stuff like that, or, you know, sometimes when I, uh, yeah, I, I think even, kind of um, even, you know, even though money is like in a capitalist society or whatever else, like one of the great motivators um, for people, like I, I genuinely think that Elon Musk it does what he does to, he I think, it. well, I think he genuinely wants to find solutions to human problems and he genuinely yeah. wants to do good things despite whatever else anybody like at this point he might be doing things just to make money right uh to, to in increase yeah. his wealth but like he didn't create yeah. spacex because he wanted to be the richest man in the world like he's very interested in space travel and finding solutions for uh you know getting to mars getting, well, not just mars but like very, uh, yeah. life beyond earth and in finding another habitable planet or creating one um exoplanet yeah absolutely so, you know, and with Tesla's and, and everything else, it's like he's trying to find his solutions for, uh, you know, the you know environmental impact or whatever else. And um, regardless of, of anybody's personal beliefs, like, I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> uh, you know, he feels yeah, like just... he, he feels like he's doing something good. Right. So uh, that's yeah. why he did it. And... And, and too, like, you know, he's bringing back space culture to, I feel like, to a new generation, you know. Uh, my my dad and my mom, you know, they're a little bit on the other, you know, they're a little bit older, but they were, they were called when they were kids, like the space race was the only thing anyone talked about. That was it. If you were like on the inward in the inward bounds of the United States, you're just a regular person in the U.S. The day to day discussion was about what's going on in, in the space. Like all the astronauts became uh, celebrities, basically, and it was just crazy. It was crazy. Um, and I'm just glad to see a return to that where we make these astronauts, these guys who are essentially, uh, you know, they get onto this thing that is essentially just a giant 
ex controlled explosion pointed bat pointed downward to in a giant pod on top of that and they just shoot some i mean let's call it what it really is dude they they, they put them inside a coke can shake it up and open the lid upside down like yeah that's what they oh, did no, back they, then they, no, no 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 so they shake up the coke can and then they slap them on top of the coke can yeah, with yeah. a little little thing that has a ring beneath it that it blows up and it shoots that off so the coke can falls away while they're, while they're still going up and then like a bell goes up and then it goes down and then hopefully they don't burn up in re-entry because they still kind of don't know how heat shields work back in the 60s <laughs> and yeah, then yeah, yeah. they're gonna drop a fucking parachute <laughs> that's the one after falling from space no It'll worries sealed yeah it's all good yeah it's fucking russians dude the russians didn't even use uh lidar or radar to keep track of where their where their uh, cosmonauts were above space they hand wrote their mathematicians on the ground said well, if they burn this fuel at this time and they're moving in this direction, and granted nothing get fucked up, uh, they should be here at this time. And they were there most of the time. There were a few accidents with the cosmonauts that I don't think ever came to light. But you know, it's whatever. <laughs> the astronauts are like, the astronauts are like, are you sure we get there? And the, and the scientists are like, yes, yes, go to moon, no problem. Come back, maybe so much problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One way for motherland. <laughs> Dude, it's like, uh, you know, obviously we started kind of this stream talking about technology, but coming back to it is like, you know, that's what, that's what the, you know, the, almost the whole 19th century was, right? It's like this race Our, through technology. Um, also, what we're talking, like, with the fiction has been influenced so heavily, the content that we're consuming is called Star Wars. Giant ships fly around with booster engines that... Have they've mastered space flight and they've mastered the, the the main problem? The main problem is FTL. How do you move in between the great vastness of space? Because there's a ton of ton of space out there to move between, and they solve that issue. And now they can move freely between planets, colonizing and doing whatever the fuck. And this is about that greater society at large, right? Um, and that you now George Lucas is probably one of the one of those kids who grew up watching space shit on his little shitty tv you know grayscale tv what have you just yeah. watching them shoot for the stars he's an incredible talk about aliens this, and... george lucas is an incredible visionary and he he deserves yes. a lot of credit for his for his vision and, and conceptual designs and everything else and but... also just incredibly driven human being because like you know like we'll always keep going back to it basically told hollywood to go fuck itself they told him you don't make movies out of hollywood he said fuck you i'm gonna make a movie where i fucking live <laughs> <laughs> just, that's, what he, that's what he did <laughs> yeah. and you gotta respect that you really gotta respect that <sighs> yeah 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 um but geez like when, when we're talking about the space race it's like dude like space race was after the arms race and then leading to the cold war and it's just like dude so much of our issues and so much of the 19th century is all about like who can make a bomb faster who can get to space faster who can whatever and yep. then once we have this huge amalgamation of of weaponry that can wipe out the human race we're just like okay um let's just not do anything ever try, again yeah maybe we should try talking now guys maybe we should try talking it <laughs> your nuclear arsenal is important you know nuclear deterrent that's what it's called that are in, it, it is very strange but our entire the world order really rests on mutually assured destruction right now that's just a fact of life, and it's so weird to think big, how that's the underpinning of our society. Right. And to think that there was this guy 
they would go to photo ops and he would shove foreign heads of state out of the way so he could get in front for a photo <laughs> that was the guy who had his finger on the button for four years yeah but to, to be fair right <laughs> like i don't i i don't want to uh compliment uh the president the current uh president for his eight more days but uh <laughs> uh his, getting there, there kim jong to, to, to the table uh, to the table yeah dude, getting this, a lot of middle eastern countries to accept the fact that israel israel as it is is here to stay you know and that's just a fact and you know for me my personal thoughts on that situation is that israel has gay pride parades and i don't think that really happens in in that part of the world and i think that's really i think well, that's I really mean, really important i don't think women kind of are considered people in that part of the world so imagine <laughs> yeah so you know for me that for me it's almost like a beachhead of just people who are perfectly normal human beings who like to do something in the bedroom that is none of your business right. getting thrown off of rooftops you know and it's just it's stark truth that i you know people throw a certain label on you for speaking like that but i again i don't really give a fuck what other people think about me so yeah yeah yeah. no i mean and, and that's the, uh, that's the short and short and thick of it is like you know uh people kind of are the so peace far talks in the middle east was the idea behind that yeah it's people just, are so you know, far sometimes it, in their own world that like you know there, there are people who just hate donald trump with every fiber of their being and can't acknowledge anything and then they attack him for the wrong things too and it's like you know, we can acknowledge that Donald Trump has done some good things, but he's still a racist. Yeah. He's still he's he's still kind it's of a dangerous person know, to be in charge of our country. And like, we also know that he's just kind of a fool. He's very foolish. He he just doesn't. I don't think he really thinks about things he says or does. And that's very clear in the fact that his presidency, if he really really wanted to write a campaign he could have with on the things that he, on the back of the things that he'd done that were good it probably would have wrangled a lot of moderates to hold or no vote for him because of what was happening we saw that some of the debates and such you know and wow. but he didn't he went on this, this really weird sideshow and i just think that he there will be a moratorium on just, uh, his presidency as well as everything else and uh, the state of our country is is, is a disaster right now. Um, the aftermath yeah. of what happened last week on Wednesday is worse than what actually happened. Like our country tearing itself apart, everybody pointing fingers and blaming. Uh, you know, and and all this stuff going on. Again. Yeah. Right. Uh, Joe Biden That's came cool. out when it was happening, and he gave a really great statement. He was very presidential. He was a leader. He he spoke about mm-hmm. unity and bringing us together. And then the next day, he ruined it all by attacking Donald Trump and all, trying to tear us apart. And and and, and it's like, dude, we don't need that right now. And we don't need uh, we Donald Trump continuing to try to tear us apart. We don't need the 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 Democrats that can. We just need to come together and heal as a country. And yeah, all this stuff happening is not healing. Yeah, because it's just the, the ideological ideological division. That's what it is on its face. Is that there are some people that think that certain classes of pe- that ever basically there are some people that, that believe severely, like to a fault, in rugged individualism and and how the state should go about doing that and how very limited it should be. And then there's other people on the very far side that believe that the state, the, uh, you know, nanny staters, like we see in New York, where like you know they're taxing the hell out of soda. But I don't want to pay. <laughs> Minnesota, man, I want soda, but it's just stuff like that, you know, stuff that just makes the little joys in life a burden because they don't want you right. to drink soda because it's unhealthy for you. But you already knew that going into the situation, you know, and 
it, it, it's just odd. Um, and, you know, for me, it's so weird because uh, I'm an extremist, an anti-extremist. <laughs> I just believe that if you believe in something so sternly that you are unwilling to change your thoughts at any given point when presented with new facts and figures and actual on-the-ground good things, that you can't at least adjust your thinking just a little bit. It's just odd. It's very. It, it's almost strange to me. Well, know? to me, like, like it's, the, it's, it's, you know, there's an abundance of people that are just not worth wasting your time talking to because there's no middle ground, yeah. right? Like, and and that's yeah. just the truth. And it, you know, you have people who will say, well, all the stuff that happened over the summer is completely justified. And you know, if you want to make real change in this country, you have to make people uncomfortable. Well, you could also use that same logic and say, who better to make uncomfortable than the people making the laws and spending the money in our country? And you know what they did on Wednesday? They certainly made them uncomfortable. And what I'm not, what I'm saying is not, well, both are justified. What I'm saying is both are despicable, right? Yeah. The people breaking into the Capitol, despicable. People looting and in in rioting small businesses is despicable. Absolutely. And it, it, how about it's just. To, to me, it's just we were sh- we had we were someone wrote a playbook, and this guy had a really important name that's memorized everywhere. It's Martin Luther King Jr. He showed us how to how to pers- how to participate in a civil protest, how to really get effective change, and also because he was just really really good at gaming the media. That's one thing that everyone not, not a lot of people give him credit for. He knew where the news reporters were going to be. He knew the routes to take on the walk that would make it so that there were more there could be more space for. Uh, press vans and all those sorts of things so when the cameras were rolling everyone saw these people in their sunday best you know getting blasted with fire hoses and horrible shit like not this walk just interrupting people's day to day like walking in the middle of the street marching for perceived slights and stuff like that and very real slights most of the time with serious confiscated evidence behind them but at the same time you're not endearing regular people who have personal (laughs) things they're dealing with that they right. got to go through like you know and it's it's a rough it's a difficult situation because it's just again all these issues are super complicated well and yeah and again it's it's important to understand that the majority of people protesting are just doing protesting right like it's the small yeah. number of actual fucking rejected pieces of shit that are doing the rest right like and yeah. and we should call absolutely what it is. The people who attacked the Capitol last week are domestic terrorists. Like these, they, straight up, they are. They should all be found in, in charge with felonies, Insur- and a lot of them already are being found in charge with felonies. Yeah, they're you know their um, insurrection is definitely the right word to be used, even though it is a little McLaren. But that's what they were doing. They were attempting to stop Congress from making an official act, as per it should execute in the Constitution of the United States. That's what insurrection is when you're trying to forcefully stop a process of government, especially with one of the most, the highest law in the land. That's the first question on any law test ever will be, what is the highest law in the land? And the answer is the U.S. Constitution. It is essentially the spring from where all our legal rivers flow from. Any real justice that can get meted out to people through the court systems is because the Constitution enabled them to act in such a way. To a right and speedy and fair trial you know that's where it always starts for a lot of people is where you get situations where everyone's red in the mouth they were there they did it it doesn't matter what the circumstances are it doesn't matter what was going on at the time they're guilty throw them in jail for 30 years 
And if it wasn't for the fact that we have a right speedy fair trials, a lot the prisons are probably overpacked by now. If I'm 100 percent honest, because they just hand, they just throw out those fucking sentences like fucking crazy. It's yeah. ridiculous in in situations where they really shouldn't be. Because like, you know, someone's robbing robbing a store with a fake gun. What the fuck is 30 days and counting? Like, let me rephrase. Someone is robbing a really cheap but massive chain pizza store that is may or may not have a name related to the uh, famous Roman politician who became the first emperor with a fake wooden gun that looked like it didn't even look right. And what the fuck is 30 days in county jail going to do for that guy? It's it's not going to fix any of the problems that, that stems from. And well, it, that's where... Uh... That's the one thing we always forget about in our country is rehabilitation, and and part of it is because people kind of refuse to acknowledge rehabilitation as well. But uh, rehabilitation yeah. is a huge part of, uh, or should be a huge part of, uh, our justice system. Yeah, it is, and you know, like some prisons, some jail systems, and some prisons do better than others. Some PDs do better than others. Um, you know, I, I definitely not evenly spread what they come, like some people think it is, but there are, and there are definitely a lot of instances when there are police unions and police departments that have lock, like basically chokeholds on certain areas for any progressive officers to try to put through like, you know, new regulatory policy for how they should be able to conduct in the field. And because they think it'd be too much of a hassle and they think they're the police and they're putting their lives on the line. So we are the ones who get the final say in the matter or else, you know, we just won't be police. And like, fuck, great. All right. (laughs) You know, and it's just a rough interaction. It's a very difficult interaction. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all tough, right? Because, uh, you know, again, like this is something you and I talk about a lot too, is like a lot of these issues are very complex. Complicated. And people want, easy, fast, simple solutions right now. But um, something you learn throughout life is like the easiest choice is not always the best choice. Most of the time it's a short-term fix and it doesn't solve the long-term issue. It comes back, right? Like to to solve any issue, you have to get to the root of it. Um, You know. And and also there was a lot of like just dehumanization towards people, especially people who are in county jail for like three or four month stays and, you know, who become convicts, people who are felons, you're branded a felon the rest of your life. Like there are programs to get these people reintegrated in society when there are really instances when they had troubled lives and they went into the jail system and it did its job for once and it managed to produce someone who is like willing, ready, ready, willing and able to get back on their feet and go to work. But the problem is, is the military won't take you most standard corporate jobs won't take you and it, it's it, it's ridiculous like it's setting them up to fail essentially and i i, I just don't understand right. it sometimes i really don't you know the, um, the one country... uh the one person but people i think do forget about him uh one person who's like a direct uh like example of rehabilitation working is michael vick who hmm. was one of the most disgusting human beings on earth fighting dogs uh he got tried he went to jail he came back he's like an advocate now uh he, he's allowed to own animals again like he's like mm. completely rehabilitated it's a little different because he's a celebrity obviously he's a football player he has money he has privilege he has whatever he needs right like it's a little different uh than your standard run-of-the-mill criminal but 
we have this weird stigma in this country about anybody labeled a felon, anybody with criminal history. Um, you know, my fiance has to deal with it all the time because she works in uh, child welfare. And so she, mm. they run background checks and they, you know, it's like this important thing to understand, like if a person has criminal history and what does or doesn't constitute child, you know, child endangerment or, or if they are, um, you know, the right person for a child to, to be with or whatever. Right. So, um, it's a, it's a difficult, complicated yes. thing that even our States don't necessarily, uh, acknowledge rehabilitation. Right. And that's the one, that's another thing a lot of people really need to understand about the U S like everyone has this dream thought of the Congress passes something that it magically goes into effects in the rest of the country. And a lot of people just, cause a lot of people interact with the U S by looking out from the inside and they don't really know what it's like inside. And it, all of this stuff really just comes down to local municipalities and local city councils and people who are in the area willing to put invest their labor which again is their time and their energy into something and, and that's it's difficult to move that in mass in this country it really is well i mean um, you need people who that... who want to go on crusades or something to to take care of this stuff because the the thing oh. is like you know states rights is a thing right um you know what this is one of the best examples we have right now hmm. california colorado washington oregon bunch of other states legalized marijuana some states for medical use some states recreational whatever federally it's still illegal so if you've got the right uh you know uh person in there who hated marijuana and wanted it ridded from everywhere they could absolutely go on a raid and make sure that our states were enforcing the federal law they they, they could they don't because you know, they're respecting the state's right to legislate itself. Uh, but nope. in all honesty, if they wanted to, they absolutely could. Um, and it was the same thing with like gay marriage and stuff. Like they absolutely could have tried to stop states allowing gay people getting married, but yep. they, they didn't. Um, <clears throat> and this is where uh, people get the Supreme court wrong a lot. Like they're supposed to be uh, nonpartisan and for the most part, they are in the way that if they don't have to legislate on something, they won't. Like, they, they try their best to not do it. And then that's a perfect example. Like, you know, I'm sure you know because you study law. But anybody who doesn't, like, some of this stuff is really interesting. Like, it's a very misquoted uh, court case about the Colorado bakery, the guy who didn't want to serve the gay couple, their wedding cake or whatever. Yep. <laughs> and people want to talk about the Supreme Court ruled in favor of blah. And no, they didn't. Yeah. They sent it back to the state. <laughs> they yep. said, this is a state issue, not our issue. Uh, they chose not to rule on it. So it, these are just interesting, important things. Uh, but, you know, while our criminal justice system isn't perfect, it's still one of the best in yeah. the world. Um, it's just... Definitely. It, it can offer... It can bit... It's so strange because it's just kind of like sitting in the casino. Sometimes you can get a slew of people who really genuinely care about justice and knowing that you made a mistake. And if you just tell them that, they'll try to get you rehabilitated and back into society. Right. And then on the other end, you'll get some people who are just psychopaths. I, I don't know how else to describe them. People who just want to inflict pain others, people who want to watch other people squirm in emotional torment. It, it's, it's, you know, it's sickening. And it's, it's just 
so difficult to find the right people that need want to do these jobs. This job is easy. Being a prison guard is not a glamorous lifestyle. It's very it's very difficult. Sometimes you're dealing with some people who, personally, I think, probably in a mental care facility, not in a prison. Right. Uh, you know, it's they're danger to themselves and others, but the system doesn't know how to move them out of there. So that's. Yeah. I don't want anyone to get me wrong either when I say like, oh, it's one of the best in the world, but you know, it's still less flaws. Like I don't mean like, oh, it's yeah. better than everywhere else. So it's fine. Like what I'm, what I mean is like our justice system is flawed, but it's not the worst, right? It's not as bad as some people make it out to be. Uh, but we shouldn't let good enough be good enough. We should still strive to make progress. We should still strive to improve things and, and try to make a difference and try to make sure that there is equal justice across all boundaries where in the past we know there's not. You know, you look at the cocaine epidemic or even small drug offenses uh, that, you know, people of minorities are charged way higher for in our country. 30 years for a fucking barely a half gram of weed. Because you were with intent, because you're just going to say he was in the area. There were some kids around. I think he was going to sell to minors. Okay. Yeah. He looks dude. a certain way. It's like so broken window laws and stuff, right? Like it's it's, it's the word. It's stupid. It's foolish. It's so foolish because at the end of the day, all this does is just basically slap the taxpayer across the face because someone who shouldn't be in prison is living off of the taxpayer's dollars. That's how the prison warden gets paid. That's how all the guards get paid. That's how their meals get paid. The electric, the bills, all of that goes into most state prisons. Where most of these people ended up is like, I, I'm glad that a lot of people are starting to waking up to the idea of private corporations running prisons that are essentially where they essentially exploit people for their labor because that's something that's still allowed under the Constitution where you can use inmates as systems of labor. And I'm glad that a lot of people are really starting to wake up to what those things, what those systems actually are doing. Um, that it's. It's just it's so complicated. <laughs> it's just it's what it always back, man. And everyone, the, even Elon Musk, he just wants to go to fucking Mars. Like, let's fuck it, let's start over. Yeah. Like it's two point Like we're just gonna hit the reset button, guy. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's. Yeah, but I that's why, I, like, uh, know, like I appreciate what you were saying last week when you know we we're talking about like. You know, we don't we don't necessarily want to start over. We don't want to create a new country or a new world. We just we need to fix the foundations that have created the problems we currently have, right? And, um, and I just think because of just modern American work culture is just unhealthy for citizens. Like it used to not be so intense. It really didn't. It used to be that you could take this time off with your family to go and do things, and you were encouraged to by your boss because he lived right down the street from you. You know. Uh, I don't think those days are here are ever going to come back where you are personally involved with your office unless you're working like you know in a situation like you where you just have a very positive office environment. That's not going to be true for the vast majority. Right. Of people. Yeah, my because boss absolutely does do. encourage us to take time off and uh, take care of like you know it, it's 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 an odd thing, but it's like part of our company culture that like your family and your life is more important than your work. Like which is not usually yeah. the, the message you're sent in a company. Like the message is usually work is super important. Like we need you here. And if you're not, yeah. we're, you, you know, it's a machine. Well, it's a wheel. We'll get you out. We'll get someone else in. Right. Like, um, yep. and, that, and people, and people just, I don't know, man. Like they just wouldn't pretend like these independent corporations have all the power to do whatever they want. They want in the world. And it's almost like owning the libs and owning the cons at the same time. <laughs> like, it's, 
it's just so strange to me and I, I just hope that people in this country can work up wake i'm sorry wake up and realize that there's really more to life and you really should take some time to go on a walk and take some time to even color in a coloring book if that feels like even if that's lame you should just do it you know right worst so like can't your entire life because at the, when you're because at the end because you just need to think about this like follow it to its inevitable conclusion you work for 30 years you retire what do you do when you retire <laughs> die <laughs> you know you only know one thing you've been ex your brain has been programmed for 30 years to do the same repetitive task every single day day in and day out and i'm not saying that sometimes corporate culture definitely destroys the individual but at the same time you know it's very empowering to work in such a, an environment where you know work hard earn hard you know move up in the company climb the ladder that's great it's achievement but there's sometimes where just people are slaving away in middle management hell forever and they just can't they they're either stopped by people above them it's rough and i just yeah. don't understand why people stick in that situation you know well i think a lot of people feel helpless or powerless but um yeah in some ways i think it's their own fault because i think we tend to put our power in other people's hands way too much and whether it be your work yeah. or politicians or whoever else like look at if you're a democrat and a republican gets nominated your life may change but you know what you have to do adapt right yep. adapt your lifestyle adapt the way you live because these people only have the power you give them like don't let it be an excuse to not better your life either way right whether it's democrats republicans etc in your company your bosses whatever if it doesn't work for you th there are always other options like uh, adapt adjust and, and it's, to me the reason it's so strange is because like my one goal is that i want to go one day and i want to buy an acre like or maybe three or four and have my own and have my own garden and maybe like the craziest thing i would do is probably get a dairy cow because i always thought that'd be cool as hell um but aside from that and then i want to buy a gun <laughs> i'd be good to go and this is a country that empowers you to do that more than any other place in the world Right. And you could just be totally independent as long as you have enough money to get up, to get going, to get started, you know. And if you're out of the rat race, that's another thing is I feel like we've ignored the rat race for so long because people are really just ignoring the struggling lower classes in this country. And it's really starting to become a serious issue where you're just stressing these people out to a point of breaking. And I just don't know where you think that's going to go. Right. Just following that to its inevitable conclusion when you have a bunch of desperate deprived people working for cash and nothing else matters to them what kind of society does that reflect like even it's well, i mean no matter what it's like if, if people hate our our society and our culture or whatever or if, or if you hate what it's turning into and you're like there will never be socialism in my country fuck that like whatever like if enough people want it and vote for it and it happens and you don't like it well that's how our country works and if you don't like it like yeah. as cliche as it is you can move somewhere that is more aligned to your ideals like you can and same with people who hate capitalism in our in our culture and our structure and everything else if they don't like it like they, they can absolutely go somewhere that's more aligned you know they talk about canada or norway or whatever like go go live there like they're not the okay, same yeah. they're, they're not the same it's like um yeah. but but it's like it's just one of those things where you can adapt and, and and no matter what like i believe in the american system i believe in our in our government i believe in in the process and if the process leads to something i don't agree with 
it's not I'm not going to sit there and say they're stealing our country and all this stuff like if that's what the will of the American people is then that's what it should reflect mm-hmm. and if I don't like it I can go find somewhere that aligns with my views and two, and two, you can find another place that aligns with your view by simply moving to another county. Yeah. <laughs> there are counties, there are counties, that's the thing people understand is that sometimes counties are like different planets. Like, there are counties in the California right now that are basically telling Gavin Newsom to go fuck himself. We're not shutting yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. But also, it, fuck you. If you don't, if you don't <laughs> you like know, COVID restrictions, different. move to Placer County. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I should come up there because I really honestly kind of miss sitting in for dinner so maybe I'll move up there <laughs> just go to dinner uh, sometime yeah yeah I uh, mean it, it's just one of those things like we, we love to complain and make excuses and blame everybody else for our problems but like t- take take your life take life by the balls and just do whatever the fuck you want like adjust in, in I don't know man like obviously it's hard right now like it feels like sometimes you can't really live life the way you want and um, it's one of the, you know, I appreciate Cher so much because, uh, like he gives me one of the things that in life you, you can't ever get back and that's time. Um, sure. and you know, like it's, it's tough, man. Like we, we prioritize with life and we make time for the things that are important to us. Um, and a lot of with COVID, it feels like our time is being taken or wasted or whatever. Like you can't do the things you would normally do. Right. So. Um, it's, it's tough. It's tough, but yeah. Okay. Uh, I'd really, it's, it's, it is very strange again. Um, you know, I consider, I've always considered, I still consider myself a very antisocial person. Uh, cause I'm, I'm just kind of am, you know, I'm kind of a hermit. That's like the only way I can really describe myself to make that make sense to other people. Like I'm really just good at chilling by myself, reading, reading alone all the time. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, but you're right, you know, spending time with other people, and I miss going, I used to go out to Outback Steakhouse at least once a month with my friends, because I fucking love Outback Steakhouse, because it's cheap, they give you really big, they give you your soda and this huge thing, like, you know, or a beer, they just give you basically a plastic stein, every, and it's just included with the meal, and it's free refills. So, you know, that's me, yeah, plugging Chili's, sponsor me Chili's, please, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I, I just miss going out there and like you know hearing being in the atmosphere even once a month it's just difficult now like i i walked into this old chinese this uh next to this, right literally right next to this law from working at and i don't know if you know anything about downtown uh wait never mind actually that's too personal so oh, man. <laughs> but there's this really great chinese restaurant an old like, a one that's been a mainstay of that street for a very long time like we're talking 20 plus years it's been the same owners the building was built to be a Chinese restaurant. You know, there are pictures of his kids on the wall, all this kind of stuff. And I just walk in there, man, I really fucking sit down in here and just eat some Chinese food and like, you know, or American Chinese food. Let me, let me distinct because those are two very different things <laughs> like traditional Chinese cuisine and, uh, you know, American Chinese cuisine or well, sometimes they're similar, but most of the time they're very different. Um, anyway, I just want to sit in there and eat and like, you know, you can't do it at its size. <laughs> and it's just weird. Those little things in life, time spent going out to restaurants and stuff, you know? I think this is like a fundamentally American thing where it's like, 
we love like some of us who are introverts love you know staying in relaxing not going out not having obligations not having to run errands but then when the government tells you you can't do those things you're like but i love doing those things well it's even though i said you know i try to do at least once a month so at least there's that Um, yeah yeah dude i miss going to like texas roadhouse like with friends like yeah. fucking going to the movies like you know anytime like we would hang out like we're always going to movies and shit right like um, yeah so Definitely. And I, hope, I really hope that movie theaters make it through that's one thing that eventually when we're going to open back up because again Americans are just a very highly social the vast majority of Americans are very social people you know for me I consider myself an introvert because I like to take planned trips like I don't like going out hitting in the night of the town Bar hopping, see what happens. That's not really me, but I like going somewhere. Like, hey, we're going to this nice restaurant on the beach, on the coast, and then we're gonna go up to this bar, this pub right here, have a few drinks, and then probably like you know camp on the beach. Like, yeah, sounds great. You know, I'm down for it. Because there's like an itinerary. I don't know. Maybe I'm lame. <laughs> I'm just not that adventurous. Or something. Um, but you know, to me, that sounds like a great time. Yeah. I just I miss Santa Cruz. Too. Well, I mean, anything, but... dude. You like, you can't even go to like state parks, like Yosemite or anything, like. It's just, it's tough, man. It's tough, but... It, that doesn't make sense to me, but, you know, it's... I mean, I've never been to Yosemite, but... Um... Oh, man. Have you ever seen the Great Sequoia, at least? Oh, yeah, I've been to... Like, I've seen great. the Redwoods. Good. Um, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, I guess to to finish off, we'll, we'll return to a Star Wars topic, and it, it'll be mm. quick. It's just something I saw, like, that I thought was really interesting. It was, like, someone asked, um, like what would happen if like uh, a star a star destroyer came like and started attacking earth uh like would it just like decimate mm. us or what would happen and like the guy was like well their technology and machinery is better than anything we have and they could absolutely destroy us but we've learned through r2d2 that they have no firewalls and we could just hack their systems <laughs> and it'd be over pretty very, quick very <laughs> Also, also, though, what is to point out is that this would be a badass thing to think about. R2 always has to physically interface with the system, so you can only hijack their systems mm-hmm. when you're on board physically interfacing with it. Well, I mean, we'll really just send up a SpaceX point. rocket. Um, I mean, yeah, it's hard to believe that they don't have a good. network, yeah. right? Yeah it, yeah, it is strange, but, you know, Internet is one thing that really hasn't been very much explored in Star Wars. Maybe that's something we'll see in the higher public. Yeah. But as it crosses, uh, well, they do have a star, like a, something called like Starlight Beacon or something in the High Republic. Yeah, they have the they have the Hollow Net too, which yeah. has been a mainstay of um, Star Wars for a long time. Just basic stuff like that, you know, little news, e news. I, um, I guess the closest to internet is uh is the archives Obi Wan was looking through, and and he couldn't find Camino. Yeah. And the fucking bitch librarian. What? That's the one thing I like about Clone Wars. Lost to planet master Obi-Wan has. How embarrassing. <laughs> Great scene. Obi-Wan's <laughs> just like, no, no, I'm sure it's there. And the librarian's like, if a star system does not show up in our archives, it does not exist. Have a good day. Fuck you, Obi-Wan. Like, Jesus, man. Uh, good stuff. Alright. Anyway. Oh, that's about it for today. Yeah, it's getting light, so uh, we'll call it a we'll call it a night. Um, we talked a little mm-hmm. bit about Star Wars on this Star Wars podcast, uh, so I yeah. hope you enjoyed those bits. And if you didn't like the other stuff, well, just skip it or whatever. Fuck off. Who cares? And I'll do it. Yeah, and 
Just do me a favor though and give us a like, follow, subscribe. So you guys, I need to get a high high rise yeah, yeah. in LA before LA literally burns to the fucking ground with another riot. I don't okay? think anybody wants to go to so... LA right now. Like, <laughs> my sister lives. That that's. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure LA is bedlam right now. Um, yeah, it's, it's so. crazy times. Anyway, yeah. Peace, love, positivity, roll, or in my case. Slow heavy metal that sounds like demons crawling out of microwaves. Alright. Yep. I listen to some of that sometimes. <laughs> That's all I listen to all the time. Alright, thanks for watching everybody. I'm clicking end stream. Goodbye. Peace out.